Into the Zeitgeist, the comedic research podcast, is funded by you. Thank you. If you want to learn how to support the show, go to patreon.com slash WDM1. Hello and hi. Welcome to Into the Zeitgeist. My name is David Waters, and I'm joined as always by my friend and colleague, Shannon the Let's Go Party Boffin. (laughs) (laughs) You know who I'm going to party with, David. Is that a trick question? Is that like me? Oh, I was going to say Ken, but okay. Oh, damn, damn. Well, I mean, it's only appropriate. Did you have a Ken doll growing up? I did. You did? Yeah. Uh, no. It was the regular boring Ken, though. Oh, the regular boring Ken. There's a line between them now. I didn't realize that there were so many versions. Obviously, there's oh. cool Ken and there's regular Ken. You know, the... <laughs> We never had, I don't think my sisters ever had a Ken doll. I, you know, I don't, I've never messed with, but I, obviously they are like iconic and just pieces of like a brand. It's Barbie is a brand, like a <laughs> well, fucking, fucking brand. Yeah. Ken, Ken is his own brand too. But anyways, um, that, how that has shifted, that's what we're here <laughs> for today. Um, I, yeah, no, our sisters always like never had clothes for their Barbies and their like limbs were, you know, whenever you push somebody to, or like in the movies, they like push somebody downstairs and their leg is like crock, like oh crooked because the their leg is broken. Yes. Yeah, bruh. Yes. These, these Barbies like actually like step on one in the night, go into the bathroom. Their hair is all like wild. <laughs> it's like, you've seen Rugrats? Yeah. Like that one. Cynthia? <laughs> yeah, Cynthia's doll. Oh, Cynthia Angel- is. Angelica's oh, Angelica is the person. Uh, I see, I see. Oh my god. Yeah, those are our Barbies. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Well, oh, that's anyway, funny. for the uninitiated, uh, Into the Zeitgeist is our bi-weekly comedic research podcast where we explore touchstones of the past and bring them back up to be talked about and shit like that. Yep. Yep. Shannon, let's get into a little housekeeping and then we can, we can go into it more because I think that it is going to be a special episode. Um, just want to remind the audience to uh, go check out our Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash WDM1. Uh, it's there that we we have a $1 tier where you can get, uh, for a dollar, you can get a monthly bonus episode every month. It's, uh, I have something special. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you about it right now. Uh, we're going to do bowling this next bonus episode. And I went and talked to somebody in Arlington um, from the International uh, Technology Research Center. Um it has no indication that it is related to bowling at all, but nonetheless, it's like uh, right by Six Flags. <laughs> right by Six Flags. Yeah, yeah. But I the went over there. Bowling museum. And, uh, interviewed a guy uh, who works there. His name is Lou Marquez, and he's a gold uh, coach for the USBC, the United States Bowling Congress. And so he's like, he's a coach of coaches. Yeah, so it's going to be a good one. I Definitely subscribe and check it out. But we also do have a $5 tier where you can get your early episodes two days early. Um, and then $10 for uh, producer credits. Uh, we'll give you a shout out at the end of the episodes. 
Thanks, moms. Yeah, thanks, moms. Charlotte. Yeah, (laughs) for the three of you, I couldn't be more grateful. Oh Lord! But also like, rate, and review. Uh, Check out our Facebook, Instagram. Um, Last week, Shannon, we didn't do our typical episode. We did uh, reflections. How do how do you think we did on that? I feel like we did good, but I almost I don't know if it's like. I just constantly keep thinking of things like, oh, I should have talked about that. Or like, oh, this new thing reminds me of that. Like, it's a lot with the Dixie Chicks, I feel like, because I think that topic was the one that was so new to me that like, now I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the Dixie Chicks or the Chicks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, it's funny you were talking well, in that vein, but earlier about going down rabbit holes yeah. <laughs> and you were talking to me about Nirvana yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh, you went down the rabbit hole with pretty much all our episodes. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have, I mean, that's what, that's what we do. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's a good time. Yeah. Today's I'm really excited for. How did you feel about reflections? Um, I, I felt pretty good about it. Um, I think that we covered it really well. You said that you went to NCTC's um, Rocky Horror Picture Show thing. Yeah. Uh, how did they, that go? They did a performance of it. Oh, my God. I'm glad you brought that up. It was so interesting. They did um, a lot of gender bending with the parts, which, I mean, the show is known to do. Nice. Um, so the narrator was actually, like, more feminine. Oh, nice. So nice. I, I liked that. That That's was cool. fun. I like that. Um, during the uh, rain scene, like where it's raining and Brad and Janet are running up to the uh, like mansion. to the castle, yeah. Um, they like There's squirted water guns at us. <laughs> yeah, during oh. that song. <laughs> yes. They were squirting water guns at everyone the whole time. Oh, that's But funny. it was okay because they gave us um, these like bags of props and so we covered our heads with newspapers like oh, like janet does that's interesting <laughs> it was fun huh. wow that's a good time oh yeah we like threw toilet paper there Classic. were glow sticks involved yeah great time great Whoever show had to clean up that i'm sorry <laughs> it wasn't that bad yeah okay like water and toilet paper yeah it's bad i know i well i did i do have a tendency to like leave things as soon as possible so i don't get asked to help clean up <laughs> smart smartest thing i probably heard all day so selfish I, who cares no, that's who? what we talked about rocky horror oh <laughs> don't dream it be it right exactly <laughs> <laughs> Leave that Shannon, mess. <laughs> yeah, right. Shannon is not being that, not cleaning that shit up. Oh, that's good shit. <laughs> okay, uh, that Shannon, was fun. <laughs> so, uh, I guess let's go ahead and jump into the opening segment, purging our sins. Yeah, what have you got in store, David? Um, I don't. We, you know, we're trying to tie uh, the our sins to each of these episodes, and I was just thinking of more like toys from my childhood. I my sin is that I was a dinosaur freak. Really? Yeah, I was a dinosaur freak whenever I was younger. I like I was obsessed, obsessed with dinosaurs. Like Jurassic Park three was the coolest movie to me. <laughs> um, and yeah, I had I had I had so many fucking toys of uh, fucking dinosaurs like i remember this t-rex one and then i don't know what the one that has the uh fucking mall on the end of it like a fucking uh, a mace is that what you call it yeah 
it's like at the end of its tail. Oh. Oh, yeah. I had one oh, of you also know a lot about dinosaurs. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was sass at all. But <laughs> it was. <laughs> that was valid. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, no, so that's my son. I was I was definitely a freak about it. <laughs> I would, you know, I, there's another another son tacked on to it. Is, um, I guess when I was younger... I, I was big into the dinosaurs, but I was also into like Hot Wheels or whatever. And I had one of those mats (laughs) where it was like driving lane. Yes. Have you ever seen those memes where it's just like only the uh, people who know these streets are like the realists or something (laughs) like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had one of those, um, and my dinosaurs would fucking fuck up that town. (laughs) 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 That little fucking rug of a town. (laughs) I just imagine the like broken barbies all over the mat from the dinosaurs (laughs) yeah yeah that's that is my son i live with that one i live with those (laughs) now we know that's the same place like if you've ever listened to the um movie podcast the digimon one or the pokemon one i talk about um the horrible dreams I used to have and that this like wolf Digimon came to my window. Uh, it was like a reoccurring dream for me, but it was in that same room that I had that same memory. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. I was thinking about, it was Bryn that, or wait, were you scared of the EVs? No, no, that was her sister. Okay, that was. Bryn. I was listening and to that clip the Bryn other day. It's a good one. Their sister. That's right. <laughs> a little psychological damage. Never hurt nobody. Man, kids <laughs> in their imaginations. Right. Oh Lord. Yeah. Let's get into it. Shall we? <laughs> I wonder what uh, these kids are thinking <laughs> with this with this uh, topic. Yeah. Do you want to introduce it? Sure. Yeah. It was. Uh, we're doing magic earring kin. Or is it earring magic kin? We, you know, I don't think it really matters if you Google either one. You're really? going to find what's earring the, magic. What's the wiki say? <laughs> I think the wiki says earring magic. Yeah, yeah. Earring magic kin. Um, um, and this topic was um, inspired, influenced, told to me by uh, my friend Justin Cook. I'll call him my friend. I haven't talked to him in months, but you hey, know. that's uh, That would be an acquaintance, <laughs> Shannon. That would be an acquaintance. My acquaintance, <laughs> former yes. colleague, um, professor, doctor, I believe. He's a doctor oh. now. Dr. Cook. Nice. Sorry should, if you're we not. Have him on. But I feel like you should be. You know, if no he offense. does come on and be a third, like we would just call him doctor anyway. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm going to call you Dr. Cook, whether you're a doctor. You came or not. up with this uh, awesome topic idea. I was reading into doing some research yesterday and today. Uh, and yeah, it's wild stuff. I didn't, I, when you had brought it up to me originally, I was like, what the fuck are I you know. talking about? I was like, I don't know what the fuck a Ken doll is. I mean, I, I knew what a Ken doll was, but I wasn't putting the Ken doll like it was a version of it you know yeah because like, a- like I, I get that why would you like you you probably wouldn't even recognize like that there were different Barbie versions like it's just Barbie to some people right yeah. I, no I know okay I know I knew enough. there were friends there was a general group of Barbies who <laughs> who just hung out together <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were boyfriend, girlfriends. Some of them were friends. I wonder if there was like any like drama. Well, I mean, a little bit later, I think we'll talk about it. Right. True enough. Um, but I mean, that 
really brings us right into our reminiscing rewind. Mm. Rewind. I can't say words. But um, so you played with dinosaurs. Did you play with like dolls or action figures? Okay. Your dinosaurs? So. <laughs> so fucking, I just think it's like the holy trinity of dolls. <laughs> the holy <laughs> trinity of like, like uh, just toys in general for my like past. It's like, so I was also big into like wrestling dolls uh, or not dolls, like actual wrestling action figures. figures. Like and the little like, ones? Not little ones. They were probably, I don't know, like. Not to, I was about to say like twelve inches. And I was like, "Holy shit, that's a fucking big ass." So, that's like how big they make no, them. No, it was now. like it's like uh, six six inches, I think. Um, okay. So like it was it was smaller, but it was just to be able to throw them across the room with more velocity. <laughs> they did a hell of a power bomb. <laughs> the bitch went into the flow. <laughs> yeah. So did you just like want to collect them to see which one would like be thrown the furthest? No, I still had my imagination then. And I was just like, I was, there's, I have a thing with wrestling. Like, I don't really like it too much anymore. But um, back in the day, I used to like go to my friend's house and we would watch, Aww. we would watch wrestling every Friday, SmackDown specifically. <laughs> um, and then I came over on Mondays and it was like recurring Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday, Aww. Friday. I'm like, oh Lord. And then he had them and I was just like, okay. I might get into this. <laughs> so, Holy Trinity, it's the... <laughs> I mean, I guess that's how it works, right? Like, someone started the Pokemon trend. Someone started the Digimon trend. Fair, fair. <laughs> it's well, how it well, starts. Okay, now I just gotta know. I gotta know what kind of, like... I told you what toys I played with when I was younger. What did you play with? Well, we know about my Furbies. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> the demonic ones. Yes. Um, um, I did have um, like a suitcase that was filled with Barbie things like it was a Barbie suitcase like it even had like when you opened the suitcase there were like spots you could put the dolls oh, nice. like it was like a legit thing it was and, like my grandma's sewing kit but for yeah, barbies but for barbies um so i i did play with barbies i also though i'm kind of got um you made me think of this i more than i liked barbies i liked these things called poly pockets oh i know I you know. knew that yeah you remember we should, the we should, poly pockets we do, definitely do an episode about that <laughs> i used to love like the way their clothes felt like they were gooey but then they Ew. like i, don't I did know. not get I that like I, maybe gooey is not the right word but <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> yeah they weren't like they were like plastic they weren't like like cotton or like barbie clothes they i don't know they weren't cotton but they weren't plastic they were Some really easy mix. to take on and off and like to put on the doll and to, oh, like change interesting and... wait they have like velcro no it like... wasn't velcro it was like plastic like huh. i don't know how to explain it oh but it was easier than like regular Barbie clothes. But I also had a little Polly Pocket car and like a beach house. Nice. <laughs> I should have, you made me think of something earlier um, with bringing that up about another one that I was into, but I just can't. It's not coming to mind at the moment. Maybe if uh, it comes up, I'll, I'll interrupt. You had, I was going to mention this too, because I had one of the like robot dogs robot dog. oh yeah yeah the ones with the the ticker over the eyes yeah mm -hmm. so yeah I, we, we mentioned that one that played with that one. for about a month <laughs> you know oh you know what um came to mind i added it to the topic list that i think we should do do you remember hit clips at all hit clips hit clips they were like 
tiny it was like a it was like a toy like it was like a very like bare bones mp3 player and then they had had the little pick like little tiny cds and it was like a micro usb or something yes i had one you would throw it in and play part of a famous song whatever was on there like i remember backstreet boys i had nsync you had nsync on there okay yeah yeah we should talk about that one that one's a that one we had we had a lot of those did you ever have a tape player like a cassette player oh we had a my mom and dad's car Oh, you didn't have like a portable one. (laughs) I did when I was a kid. But I think it was like my mom's and she let me use it. Right. I was like, I thought you were about to say like pull out my A track. -track You know, I've never had a record player. Me either. Me either. A lot of people, one of my friends in college had them. I know. I've known a few people who have had them. My old roommate. But do they ever use it though? My old roommate would. She would use hers. Okay. Like that's one out of. So many. <laughs> I know. I feel like if I had like, um, they have those record players that are more like you stick the record in and it kind of plays like a CD, like electric. Oh, like uh, it looks like uh, what do you call those uh, things you put in like a foyer, like a running yes. table or something? Yeah, it looks. And like it's that. just like the glass top. And yes, like, that's yeah. exactly mm-hmm, what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would let me use... set my drink on this. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like, like I would like one of those. It's like with uh, the regular record players, I don't know how to put the needle down. Mm-hmm, like I don't understand mm-hmm. the concept. Me either. <laughs> I have no clue. Someone tell us. Yeah, right. Yeah. Before we keep talking about it. <laughs> I love it. Well. Nice tangent. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get into it? Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. So um, I'm I'm going to jump around a little bit then from how I have the research outline just so that this will make a little more sense. Oh. But to begin, in 1993, Manufacturer, manufacturers, you know, I think y'all know what I'm trying to say, manufacturers. Manufacturers. Thank you. <laughs> We're trying to interest boys and trolls, which had really been a toy like girls loved. They were super into trolls. Do you remember troll dolls? Mm, I thought that they were always really weird. You thought they were weird? Yeah, they had, that's the one that had the weird hair. Yeah, uh, it was cute. They were cute. I mean... Yeah, when we were younger. I remember playing with them when I was a kid. I liked them. That was another one I would step on in the middle of the night. (laughs) 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 I would only know because the rage was flowing through me. Uh, Yeah, and then after you walked off, they would laugh at you behind (laughs) your back. (laughs) They they had the faces like they could. (laughs) So while they were trying to get boys to be interested in trolls, which David relentlessly would not allow... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shut that shit down. They were trying to get girls to be more interested in action figures and dinosaurs. Hey, David. Hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, which were more popular among boys. Um, and interestingly, I think I read, and I might mention this again later. I'm sorry if I do, but I read earlier that She-Ra, He-Man's um, oh. sister, yeah. was like one of the only action figures that was like geared towards girls like for a really long time yeah that's interesting um do you like he-man would you fall for that um you know i don't i've seen like an episode Mm. of he-man oh yeah what about you did you used to watch it no no not my time i mean he man like 80s 
I feel like it, but Daniel, my boyfriend, he uh-huh. he knows all about He Man. Oh, but he also knew about earring magic Ken. Okay. So like, I don't know how. Maybe he he's knows just about a toy things. aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's funny. Anyways, so what these manufacturers were doing is that they were attempting to gender bend. Um, which is an attempt to broaden their business by moving toys across the rigid boundary that divides the toy world into two camps, pink and blue. Um, So I just, I really thought that was an interesting idea because something we'll see is um, there's a dichotomy, I think. I don't know if that's the right word, but there's definitely a parallel here between um, or I would suggest there's mm-hmm. a parallel here between um, the idea of girl toys and boy toys, as well as toys geared towards white children and toy toys geared towards black children. Mm. Um, I was uh, thinking when you were talking just a second ago about McDonald's specifically. Like, I remember we would, you know, yeah. they're notorious for having that, like, line separated or whatever. You would say girl toy or boy toy with mm-hmm. your Happy Meal. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That was a um, thing. Yeah, they would ask. And I almost feel like that might even still be a thing, um, which is weird. Anyways, yeah, weird. but you see this sort of, like, parallel that I think is going to come into play later um, as we explore this. Um this topic more. Um, so the early 90s was a time when queer culture was really starting to blossom um, and becoming more in the open. Um, the AIDS crisis had, you know, just happened and, you know, people were still still de- dealing with the repercussions of that. And, um, you know, the crisis and the things it left behind. Um, but um, I think coming out of that, and, and what's interesting too, is I was just listening to a Rocky Horror episode and mm-hmm. we talk about how Princess Diana was like one of the first people to touch someone who had AIDS mm-hmm. and right. just her prestige as a person. And really, I think, opened a lot of people's eyes and I um, don't want to say that she's the one who like led this or anything like that I mean obviously like people were going to midnight showings of Rocky um, Madonna's backup dancers were gay we're going to talk more about that I think just as a whole queer culture and pop culture like from this time it's like there was this like eye-opening moment for it and it was beginning um queer culture and pop culture were starting to mingle in a way that they really hadn't before um yeah and (laughs) hearing magic ken is an example of what happens when you pay attention to the what of trends and not the why so, like, hmm. I think it's really interesting to think about that in conjunction with the zeitgeist of the time. What and when we think about it now, and to what this toy company was doing, and what we see toy companies doing now, hmm. um, which I think we'll explore more. Yeah, after going some 
through something like that in the 80s and you're seeing like people die you know yeah it kind of like i don't know opened your eyes like i think it opened a lot of people's eyes and i think you know it, it it's it was just such a sad time because i can only imagine like you know finding out that your partner has AIDS and that's someone you love and you're you find out you're gonna have to watch them go through you know what what you've seen mm-hmm. like it was in the news it was right yeah and I just I really can't imagine what that must have felt like mm-hmm. which makes what happened afterwards I don't know even because I mean I can see because people definitely took to it. That's like who was. We'll get into it later, but like it, Magic Earring Ken, Earring Magic Ken was very popular with that community. Yeah, and I think you know, it's just like, and I I can't speak for someone whose shoes I haven't been in, but I can't help but think it's like you, as a whole, as a society, as a culture everyone should have recognized like life is precious and it's like we talked about in rocky like you only have now to be yourself mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. if that's what inspired people to be who they are like i think that's that's what i'm trying to say here like that's the why like that's the why of a quote unquote trend which i don't necessarily like to think of like a revolution as a trend, but <laughs> it's, you know, they're kind of in conjunction together when you think about this sort of really queer culture taking off, getting a name by people mm-hmm. and um, thinking about that and the pop culture trends within it mm-hmm. that spread out. You know, yeah, I imagine it being like a snowball effect because we have that a lot today. Yeah, I mean, and I feel we, like it's it's we, essentially appropriation. Oh, that's a that's a good point. I that's mean, a whole nother episode. Yeah, sure, but I also mean like you're also one who says um, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Yeah, yeah, I do say that. So I think it's just about. It's about intention. Oh, huh. That's an interesting way to think about it. Little, little different POVs. Yeah. We can get a lot of like different uh, looking at this this topic in different respects. Like, mm, I don't know. I don't. I have no idea where I was going with that thought. I at feel all, like I do like, because. I was thinking about this earlier. Like, we are doing Earring Magic Ken. Like, I thought, like, when I first heard about it, and even talking to you, I thought we were going to be talking about a toy doll. But that's not what this is about. This was about, like, a moment in the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. that literally, Mm -hmm. like, is still been pervasive. We were just watching YouTube videos earlier. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. It's funny how it spread. Barbie's still relevant today. Goddamn. They got fairies. They got, they have, they have, okay. I should watch my wording. Fairies. Um, like there's like been, um, 
I don't know, like Twinkerbell? Is that is that the name of Peter Pan's? Yeah, Tinkerbell. Theory? Yeah. <laughs> they have like movies of Barbies that are Tinkerbells now. Yeah, for or, sure. Or Tinkerbell like. Oh yeah, God, yeah. My, no, I know what up. you mean. I think it's like Barbie and like the Fairy Queen or whatever. And they have like Princess Barbie movies. I remember once I'm in college. <laughs> I don't even think I was drunk. But somehow one of my roommates like talked me into watching no a barbie movie and oh it was like God. so that would have been like 2012 <laughs> <laughs> like a 2012 barbie movie the quality was very bad because oh nobody is gonna invest in a movie nobody's gonna watch <laughs> barbie your brand doesn't extend to movies i'm sorry like now i realized i should have had this in for this episode but there you go two for one <laughs> okay so to kind of sh- go back to what I was saying before, um, the toy industry is really only one of the many venues where multiculturalism posed as an answer to critical questions about inclusion, diversity, and equality has collapsed into an additive campaign that augments but does not necessarily alter the Eurocentric status quo. Barbie gone ethnic by the way of dye jobs and costume changes seems to be but a metaphor for the way multiculturalism has been used as a kind of quick fix by both liberal humanism and late capitalism so that actually came from an author who just wrote this incredible article and i'm gonna talk more about it in a second but um it's called Barbie and the Deep Play of Difference. And it really just explores this idea in a way that once I read it, I was like, wow, how have I not seen through this? But um, anyways, what do you what do you what's your reaction to that? Hmm. Yeah, being young, I never thought of anything like this. But just reading this little section you got here, that's that seems like a very high level idea because there's a lot of tendrils that go from that. Um, oh, it's kind of, you know, it's making me think of like, you know, we were talking earlier about like shit that, you know, keeps coming up from our past episodes and how like over reach it. Like we just mentioned Rocky horror. Exactly. Like, and how I want to read that book now. Definitely. Um, so that actually is, um, or it's an article, excuse me. Yeah, it's an article. It is in a book, and the book is linked in the show notes. And if you're nice to me, I might be able to send you a PDF of the specific article. Oh, you're talking <laughs> to me? <laughs> Only David, just Only. kidding. <laughs> I mean, hey, PDF. send me a message. Maybe hey. I'll get back to you. Hey. <laughs> Let me send you to this Instagram. <laughs> Let me DM you this PDF. <laughs> <laughs> um but so uh yeah whenever i read that i was like wow like thinking of a eurocentric status quo and the author goes on to talk about and i'm gonna bring this idea up again later but i want to bring it up now in kind of a different way Mm -hmm. but the author talks about how um when mattel realized like they needed to make a black barbie doll and all they did was use the same Barbie mold and just made her black. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just changed up the dye or whatever the hell. And it's use. like, 
you you get it because it's a company that is just about production about profit yeah. and profit but it's also like these are real people and interestingly i don't think i referenced anything from it in here but it's linked in the show notes i read an article mm-hmm. by a woman who kind of makes a case against this she says that little girls want to play with perfection because that's what they want to be that's what they want to play with that's what they want to imagine um but i didn't really buy into the argument um i think that it yes like girls want to think about the future they want to play with older dolls but i don't think that those dolls need to look you know unattainable That's interesting. That has a parallel with, uh, I mean, beauty standards today. Yeah, and I mean... Mm, that's, oh, that's weird to think, because, like, I'm, I'm just thinking of the ways that it does that. But Barbie, yeah. Thinking and, about it now, yeah, they kind of put up unrealistically. <laughs> you don't look like a bucket. When people get, like, plastic surgery, they're like, they use the word Barbie. Like, oh, you're yeah. getting Barbied up or whatever the hell. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'd people say like, that. I that sounds know. like something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or like, I don't know, like getting ready to go on a night out and getting Barbie. Yeah. Know. And uh, what's interesting when you think about it, too, is like different cultures have different beauty standards. So it's like odd to think like that you would just make this unrealistic un- beauty standard for this doll. Like... It's a doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, when I was, I'm going to save it for later. I want to save it for later. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm going to kind of go back to earring Magic King because I know everyone is excited to hear more about him. Yes, I know I am. <laughs> earring Magic King was also commonly known as Newkin, and we'll get to some other nicknames for him in a minute. <laughs> Newkin is a version of the Kin doll that was manufactured by Mattel, like I said, in 1993. Um, and it was a companion doll to Earring Magic Barbie. And David um, will read to you later about how Earring Magic Barbie also had other friends. Um, she was uh, Magic Earring, Earring Magic Ken was one of six dolls um, that made up the Earring Magic line of products. I believe he was the only male doll masculine huh. doll i don't mean they're dolls they don't was have he genders. at the end of the product line <laughs> <laughs> um i wonder that's, that's interesting i wish i knew that so lisa mckendall was mattel's um, manager at the time of earring magic ken's production um she was the manager of marketing and communications um she explained that ken's new look was an attempt to attempt at bringing Ken up to date. Um, so apparently, Mattel did a survey where they asked girls if Barbie should get a new boyfriend or stick with Ken. And the girls wanted Ken, but they wanted him to look cooler. <laughs> I imagine like a focus group meeting with all these children. I know! <laughs> Ken's so, so lame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's something else I want to point out. Yeah. This lady's name, Mick 
Ken Doll. Oh my god! Ken Doll. <laughs> that's oh our real goodness. conspiracy corner. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a conspiracy corner there. Of course she was put in the miniature. Oh my god! Uh, now I'm like, am I being punked? Was this whole article written by like my Okay, punk? I cannot take, I cannot take uh, uh, credit for that joke because I listened to a podcast earlier today that, Shut up. that uh, mentioned it. Oh, it was so funny. It's called the it's called the cock and bull and I've never, never really looked into it until today. They'd had an episode on it. I'll put it in the show notes, but that's hilarious. Oh my God. That's fun. That's funny. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm glad I said her name correctly. Look at me for once. (laughs) So anyway, so before giving regular ugly Ken the boot, the toy giant Mattel decided to, to uh, survey the gaggle. Like I said, um, and I think they really were like hoping for this male Barbie to, or masculine Barbie to make a comeback. <laughs> um, so the, the kids also had like suggestions for how to make him cool. <laughs> David, if you had to make a Kindle look cool today, what would your suggestions be? I would give him a pea coat. <laughs> <laughs> and we give him a beanie. <laughs> and we give him some glasses. <laughs> oh my god! He would be wearing pants, definitely. I love that your cool kid is like gay hipster. My cool kid is like Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy, just like black eyeliner, oh. <laughs> just like black vest. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> my Kindle is cooler than yours. <laughs> I can only imagine some girl having that same conversation like. T- yeah, back in 93. Oh, my God. At least my Kindle's a top, David. Hey, you know. <laughs> that peacoat. I want a peacoat so bad. Sweet fucking God. Okay, to be fair, I feel like you could pull off a peacoat. Oh, yeah. um, but I don't know about Ken. <laughs> Sorry, Ken. <laughs> Sorry, I was imagining myself as, as a Kindle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. <sighs> Anyways, so... What these kids said in 1993, um, it's like basically they were describing Madonna's backup dancers. Um, They said they wanted like these club culture trends um, and and these things would, would be what inspired his look and what would eventually become a nightmare for Mattel. Mm. Um, because as David and I can tell you, what's hip? The queers. Mm. They are hip. <laughs> yes. Turn on MTV still today. <laughs> Just kidding. But turn on MTV and watch the seven foot tall drag queen strut her fine stuff for the heartland. Lesbian comics were on Arsenio. Um, Gay and lesbian activists were in the Oval Office, um, and there was even a live feed of the March of on Washington on C-SPAN. Um, How can you have a comic on our Centennial Hall show? That doesn't make that doesn't make, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't think it was like Arsenio Hall because he did like music on that show, right? Were there two shows? 
Oh, com not comics in that regard. Like oh, comedians. I was thinking, I was thinking like superhero comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was <laughs> oh, okay, like, that- I was like, maybe there were two shows. Wow, <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, Way to go, marketing! <laughs> I appreciate that you were like, oh, lesbian comics. Yes, yes, definitely <laughs> love the comics. Yes. Oh well, man, now that yeah. makes more sense. <laughs> Honestly, if I was gonna read comics. I'm why not? <laughs> um, but I mean for real, like this was queer culture's moment. It really was. And I think we also kind of simultaneously have, you know, just right before this, um, the equal rights movement and it's I think they kind of almost flood into each other when you think of equality. Um and I, like I said, I think, you know, queer culture really started trends. It started movements. It, I mean, it literally, um, the Stonewall riots were literally led by trans women. Um, and I know that happened well before this, but I think it just goes to show how pervasively zeitgeisty queer culture has hmm. been yeah you know i was thinking earlier like I, i've never thought about it in the same thought before but like um you're talking about nirvana like there was that grunge like that's what i know more of um but there was also that rave sure culture going yeah. on in um the 90s like like early 90s, yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe it just bled over from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it certainly bled over from the 80s. But, uh, yeah, no. it's I don't know if you talk about it at all, but, like, how Mattel, like, researched it. Okay, so there was, like, no source. I, I spent hours trying to find, like, just somebody trying to talk about it, but I couldn't. Like, it was one of those things where it's, like, very pervasive like through news me or like media or whatever that um but like was never like confirmed that you can't pin anybody down but like they sent a researcher to like a a few like gay clubs or uh, things like that and that's like the person who like gave the ideas for can like like I said, like I said, I like couldn't, I couldn't find anything on it, so don't take my word for it. But I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. I wanted to read more into that. Like, who gave the okay to like send somebody out to just like research this? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I feel like the I'm researcher sure, like, probably was gay. Yeah, and, like, had a good time. Yeah, <laughs> was like, this is what's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like that was weird. That's and they weird. were wrong. <laughs> I really wish. I really wish I, I could. I could have read more on that. But anyways. Um. Okay. So I promise I am about to um describe what Earring Magic Kitten looks like. If you haven't already googled him and all his glory. Yes, please do. Um. We have a reference picture here. Because <laughs> as we know, I guess um Mattel probably did too if they sent the researcher out. But five-year-olds <laughs> tend to not have a very in-depth understanding of social trends and gender norms. And they didn't really, you know, realize that Madonna's backup dancers, who they thought were fabulous, um, were adorned in gay fashion. Huh. Yeah, a little, little too innocent. 
or too young young enough to still be innocent and she's like yeah they just look cool it's like young enough to know that you should like pink and purple but not like young enough to think that boys can't wear pink or purple or like yeah exactly that's good good example (laughs) or like i don't know that you just you're not even thinking about the opposite sex so why are you gonna Mm -hmm. think about the same sex and it's like i think i said it in there a little bit that like i was just so young that i didn't understand the complexities of the wars on war on drugs yeah Um, and it's kind of in the same vein yeah you don't understand the complexities of sexuality when you're five because you're not supposed to Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be a five (laughs) (laughs) um so anyways this new kindle featured an updated look he had blonde highlights, where his hair had previously all, um, always been traditionally brown. Um, he had a purple shirt, a lavender mesh vest, a necklace with a circular charm, and an earring in his left ear. A major departure from his tuxedos of yesteryear. Yeah, that's because King Doll was made in the 1960s, and that's all they had. <laughs> Something else that the author of um, the Barbie and the Deep Play, or Black Barbie and the Deep Play of Difference mm-hmm. um, talks about is how repeatedly Mattel will say, Barbie is just a doll. Its its looks aren't meant to be attainable, mm-hmm. um, but... When you see Mattel marketing Barbie, like Barbie is not being called an it or the doll. Like it's she, she, her, this Mm -hmm. is Barbie's, this is her pink car. And Ken is very much like he, him. And it's like, it's interesting because they like say that like they're not supposed to imitate life, but then, you know, they put these pronouns on them they gender them they market them in a certain way and it's just very clear that there's a recognition of what they're doing isn't it's not it just makes me think because like i i think mattel through all of that I've seen is like pled innocence on this is like, Oh, we, we did. There's not one person at that company that was like, "Mm, you know, we might like, does anybody else see this? You know, like kind of moment, you know, um, they're being obtuse. Like they know what they're doing, but I definitely think there were conversations like there, there must have have to been. Yeah. And then some like, I don't know, office drama or something come up behind it or whatever. (laughs) Good lord. Sorry, put some more plastic in your mold. (laughs) Oh my gosh, did you see? I don't think I put it in here. Sorry if I do when I bring it up again. But like at one point they made a Barbie and like you pressed a button or pulled a string and she would be like, Math is so hard. Classic. Like, Same though, Barbie. What the hell, Mattel? <laughs> <laughs> That's, weird. That's weird. Yeah, they had to like pull it because people were like, 
what like literally Let's like call what this the Barbie. Hell? it's maybe not the best <laughs> <sighs> they know what they're doing that's what's so infuriating like they know exactly what they're doing for for a millisecond in my mind i compared mattel <laughs> this toy company to like cigarette brands <laughs> like tobacco oh companies god, like oh my god. hey they hey. could be a health hazard yay yeah <laughs> choke on them dolls oh my god you're just seeing how small those barbie's fingers are true yeah true choking hazard definitely yeah especially yours with their limbs about to fall yeah. off <laughs> no because it's the dog got to it <laughs> and your dinosaur uh, no <laughs> not mr t-rex <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. So here's um, just another description of Ken um, from another source, Earring Magic Ken. Um, the lavender mesh shirt and vest. Oh, they, they describe it as a pleather vest. <laughs> His hair is perfectly coiffed and expertly highlighted. <laughs> True to his name, his ear is pierced on the left side, which was sometimes considered to be a covert way of indicating queerness. Was. It was. Yeah, I know. And I feel like a lot of people knew that, even just like generally, which is also like mad suspicious, Mattel. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. So, yeah. So his necklace, as I just described (laughs) as a circular charm. Um, <laughs> was decidedly modeled after a sexual a sexual accessory um the trend of leathers and club kids alike and i believe club kids is that rave scene you're you're referring mm-hmm. to yeah um yeah. i didn't look that up but um club kids yeah, yeah. go to the club nice. every night sleep, sleep on real real late yes i've never been to a club um, yeah, so basically Ken wore this chrome cock ring around his neck. Um, like I said, it was long worn by the leather crowd. Um, oftentimes they would wear it on the shoulders of their biker jackets and they would put it on the left side if they were a top or the right side if they were a bottom. We noted Ken also has, um, what appears to be a circular charm in the left side of his vest. vest. So Ken is a top. Ken is a top. I'm not sure if I buy that. <laughs> yeah, he's probably first top. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm convinced. <laughs> um, yeah, same though. Same though. Um, so, put together, the doll became known as Cockring Magic Ken. To the shock and amazement of those backpedaling Mattel executives. <laughs> Wait, like who was who was calling it this? Just everybody. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious in the queer community, but I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I don't know if like it would have caught on, you know, to the streets. <laughs> yeah, no, either. Because what? No, no, I was like thinking. It's more the 2000s that like metrosexual thing was like going on. You know I what? I was, was thinking of South Park earlier. Here's what I think. Imagine, like, did you watch Friends, right? Yes. I okay. Have. So imagine like Chandler and Joey, and they're at the mall and they see earring magic Ken. Chandler is going to 
be like side eyeing the shit out of hearing magic again. <laughs> like, Mm. But Joey's gonna be like, oh my god, this doll. Like, mm-hmm. I need this outfit, Chandler. Right. <laughs> Joey's gonna go get a mesh shirt. You just wrote an episode of Friends right there, Shannon. <laughs> That's just like what I picture the straights doing. <laughs> a good episode. I would watch it. I don't really like Friends, but I would watch that episode. Thank you. <laughs> So by May of 1993, um, the new Kindle uh, was introduced at a toy convention in New York City. I think it was like a really popular big toy convention that would happen um, every year in New York. Um, that sounds oh, like a good fucking time, but by the way. The like toy going, convention? Yeah, going to a toy convention. Yeah. Just like looking at toys all day. Yeah. Like people, prototypes of new toys. I right? bet you they saw a Furby there. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like demonic fucked up. Or that the, original? Not this prototype. Not this prototype. <laughs> <laughs> it like Shit. can't talk yet. So it's, right. just like, <laughs> it's just like wah. Anyways. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so I'm sorry. Let me back up. So the doll itself uh, was introduced at uh, that toy convention in February of '93, and by May of '93, it was getting as much press as um, the new Coke, Coca-Cola. In relation to its like advertisement, oh okay, like on TV. Oh, okay. So people were already picking this up, like since it was when it was revealed. That's when shit was like picking up, and they were like, "Oh no!" And then they released it, and then that's when the conversation started about it being. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to get like a sequent, like sequentially. Oh, like so I'm pretty sure, idea. like as soon as Homeboy came out, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Queer people were like all over mm-hmm. it. <laughs> oh, that's enough. That's enough months to like. Because I mean, when you think about buying something, it takes you like months to like. I I don't know. I'm an adult, so I don't have time to go like buy like nice stuff. <laughs> but yeah. like, like stuff. Like that, I would like mull on for a couple months. I could see somebody like being like, nah, okay, all right, this is, and then like it turning into minor excitement. Yeah. Um, and then like, okay, all right, I'm going to buy this motherfucking Kendo. Well, too, if it's getting that much press in May, that's right before Pride Month, which I, I'm pretty sure in the 90s would have still been celebrated in June. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it was a hot commodity. Yeah. <laughs> when when did it say it came out? Um. It, so it, it was introduced in, in February of '93, but by May of '93, that's when it like really started selling and taking off. Oh. Okay. And like getting attention. So like, um, the Kindle was like everywhere. Um, and it was even um on the front page of the New York Times Arts and Leisure section. Oh. Yeah. Damn. I meant to look more into that, but I was like, hey, popular guy. <laughs> I, like, like, I don't know what leisure activities they did in the 90s, but adults, yeah, playing with Barbies. I could see that. I could see Barbie being up there. Oh, I think that's supposed to say. So, um, originally priced uh, um, around $11 and made in China. Earring Magic Ken now sells never removed from the box for around 
I don't know why I put $47 on the secondary market. I feel like it's a lot more than that. I feel like I meant I two, one on $247 maybe. Yeah, I was looking on eBay and that's like what a um, new one. 200 Yeah, 200 okay. something. Yeah. 250 like, at least. Yeah, like 250 I was. I don't know where 47 Here, keep going. I'll look into it. Um. So let's see. Oh, by Christmas time in 1993, um, most stores were like completely sold out of them. Um, and that was mostly due to the gay community's interest. Um, Earring Magic Barbie and Midge were left on the shelves. Lonely. Midge. <laughs> All alone. <laughs> Here's Midge. Um, that was one of the other Earring Magic dolls. <laughs> yeah. That's a horrible um, name for a, for a Barbie doll. I know, right? Um, there was also a version of Earring Magic Barbie that was sold at Radio Shack, and it like included software. I think she could talk and stuff. I don't really know all about that, but yeah, that was a thing. Earring Magic Barbie it was a real moment. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it really depends on how mint and mint conditions it is uh, like obviously the ones removed from the box are gonna be a lot less but i'm seeing like this one for like 340 another for like 200 but a lot of them are priced to like 65 70 um never removed from the box yeah uh, like new box that's a weird fucking phrase to <laughs> At least they're honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so hundred dollars here, hundred dollars there. Yeah. Anyway, um, still a lot. That's like it's like percentage yeah. wise that shot up. <laughs> well, I'm honestly kind of surprised it's not worth more because um, the doll was only available for like a short time in 1993. Um, like a couple months. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's like different months because like it debuted in February. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they sold some in February and then they probably picked back up later in the year. I think uh, actually in that podcast that I was listening to today, they said it was six weeks that it was released. So a month and a half. Oh, that it wow. Was on yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's apparently it still remains to be the best selling Kindle of all time um some even suspected that um he may have been the best-selling barbie of all time but um that title's still held by totally hair barbie um which how could you could how could you compete with her you could cut her hair and make her look like earring magic ken <laughs> and then you get it down and then it looks like <sighs> Now, now she looks like uh, what is it, Cynthia? True. Yeah. To this day, that's Sorry, where Angelica she lays. <laughs> bad life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally, her Barbie has no hair anymore. <laughs> Do you remember the Cynthia song? No. It was no. like Cynthia. She's a really cool dancer, Cynthia. <laughs> simple, 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 and I Looking love it. Looking to the groove now. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh, Shannon, Shannon, there's something that I saved earlier that I definitely want to bring up. I don't know if it's a good time to do it. Feels like the right time. But there is, uh, we were going through the photos at least, and I saw the back of the box. And there's like just this great like piece of marketing. Oh material. yes, this is perfect because I'm sure Midge is one of those on the back of the box. Oh, oh. <laughs> Which one is she, David? Oh, Midge is. I have to look closer at that one. Um, <laughs> it, the font's a little bit too small, but here this uh, this wonderful piece. It says for a more for a more mixin matching earring action. Look for all these earring magic dolls and earring magic fashions. <laughs> that I just love those first two lines for a more mix and match and earring action. <laughs> That's just a fucking fucking like, jam. What is earring action like? <laughs> <laughs> oh like, my god! Like, why was no one questioning Mattel about that? Like, what power do earrings have? You like, know what I was thinking of? It was like. What if, like, uh, what's that one show? Mad Men. And they were, like, advertisers for <laughs> this, like, <laughs> like earring magic. I can only see I just, like, the thoughts. watch a show about that. Like, about the people who did advertising for Earring Magic Ken, Earring Magic Barbie. I would watch a shit of, out of that show. Oh, so <laughs> Midge is the, the red-haired one here oh. in said photo. They did her dirty. They did her dirty. <laughs> Yeah, with a name like that and red hair. Oh, and the other one, it's, sorry, it's brunette Barbie. There's blonde Barbie and brunette Barbie. Sorry. They're the same mold, David. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. Oh, my gosh. So many versions. I love it. What else we got, Shanna? Ooh, sorry. I'm really sorry. We've been going off the rails this episode but what a great time it's been am i right i, know, I, know. I love toys um, <laughs> so we had um cock cock ring magic ken um or we Can't could call him without it <laughs> <laughs> or we could just simply call him gay ken if we'd prefer um he yeah so he was known as gay ken through various media outlets and um personalities saw him as a symbol of the shifting zeitgeist of the time towards the greater integration of gay culture with mainstream pop culture um ken who had always been an emblem of conventional masculinity was finally out of the closet Mm -hmm. he did it he did it. He drummed it and he did it. Yes. He saw Rocky with us. Yes, he did. Um, you know what? Gay King kind of reminds me of Rocky. Like Rocky. Oh, he totally. <laughs> oh, totally. Yes. If he took off the mesh top. The mesh oh like purple top. Yeah, and he you know Pleather he vest. has <laughs> you know he has like instead of like because you know like um Barbies okay. don't have genitalia. There's yeah. just like I bet right there, it's just like gold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's like Rocco's underwear or whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's <a> good idea. <laughs> Looks like there's a bulge there. So, <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And so I think this is what's great about it, too, is like Earring Magic Ken, like, was the first time queer people, like, weren't the butt of the gay Ken joke. They were the ones, like, 
writing this joke, like mm. saying like, you guys did this. Mattel did this. Someone, thank God, let this happen. <laughs> Somebody was questioning in the 90s, I see. <laughs> oh, so yeah, queer kitten is the high watermark of, depending on your point of view, either queer infiltration of pop culture or the thoughtless appropriation of queer culture by heterosexuals. So, you know, Whenever I was going through the outline earlier and I saw that, you know what it reminded me of? Hmm. Um, I did that episode with Christy lately, that reverse, uh, you haven't seen that movie podcast yeah, uh, with yeah. Jackie Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have that movie's genre. I believe it's blackification. Black exploitation. Black exploitation. Black exploitation. That, that was like the, that was like the exploitation. quick, quick handle for yeah. it but you're right it's black, black exploitation black films. exploitation i forget that word what did you say black blackification blackification there was an x in there yeah somewhere. i think I it's black. oh sorry yeah sorry we're, we're on that, um <laughs> nonetheless it made me think it made me think of that when i read that i was like huh yeah um like quentin tarantino's fine kind of taking taking advantage yeah. of that um like i mean with Pam Greer, it was a different story because she came from that, like the old 70s ones. But when I see it, it's like they were like the NAACP in California, they were like, yo, not cool. Like, why are you why are you playing up our stereotypes? Blah, blah, blah. But then like on the other side of it, these movie production companies, they were like um, back you know, um, it stretched from, you know, 70s until, you know, I think it's 70s, 80s. That's when a lot of those movies came out. Um, but they were like, oh, we're going to, like, bring it to a wider audience. And I just see a parallel here with with that. Um, the two. Yeah, I think that that is definitely a fair point. When you were talking, it made me think, though, like... I I do kind of think like it all comes down to intention, um, kind of mm -hmm. like Pam Greer being willing to be in the Quentin Tarantino film. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's so, and, and this is the thing at the end of the day, regardless if Mattel was researching gay nightclubs or, mm -hmm. you know, weren't trying to make King queer at all. Um, at the end of the day, what they're doing is they are selling a product to aim towards girls and at the end of the day the point is to just sell 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 mm -hmm. it's not to um create a gay doll which would also be a completely fair and valid thing to do mm -hmm. and i mm -hmm. think you know today that's probably happened by now but oh, sure. it's yeah. like if that had been their intent to be like okay like queer culture it's you know, we need to do something for queer people to help them feel included in the Barbie brand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to create this doll, you know, that's not going to save the world or change much, but that intent would have been better than commodifying gay culture. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I almost feel like that kind of comes down to, Black exploitation films too, right? At the end of the day, it's still commodifying a culture regardless of your intent. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how you necessarily even begin to have conversations until 
people do stupid stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, and see, that's that's the play, like the weird play that comes into this conversation because like Mattel eventually recalled the doll, right? Um, after all this like social buzz, you know, this media storm, if you want to call it that, um, back in the nineties. Um, they recalled it, and so it's like, I don't, I don't know exactly where it was going. Was no, that, I mean you're right. Like, like at the end of the day, they were like, this doll's being a perceived it shows and, the morals of a company exactly, yeah. and and like, like I understand you had to be beholden to your fucking stockholders or, or whatever you call them, people. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird, and and. It, they were giving in to like this weird perception like like who cares what the doll looked like mm-hmm. like it's still a Ken doll you could take the necklace off put them in different clothes and like it's still just a doll like it's a doll right. i don't know like mm. it, it that is an interesting point that they pulled it back like that really does again speak to their intent, just only on the other end of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like after release, they they think they're saving face, but really, hmm. you didn't. And see, that's why I kind of wanted to know the sequential order of everything happening because, like, if this media storm or this like backing of the queer community like was behind this doll, that means like. Mattel was like kind of fostering that, and then after it got a little over the top with the media storm, that's when it was like, Bleh. no, we're absolutely. Sorry. Um, yeah, we see this all the time, right? Like Justin Bieber started out as like that kid that's like clean cut boy, like, mm-hmm. and then they're like, okay, this is working for us. <gasps> Like rebrand, like rebranding. Yeah. And mm. then like, you know, it's like he's he looks too young for the age he should be going for. You've got to rebrand mm-hmm. so that you can sell him and make more money off of him. Miley Cyrus did it. There you go. Hey. Hannah Montana. <laughs> about it. Miley. We call her Miley. Uh, do you like pre Miley or post Miley? I after? like both Miley's. Yeah, I do I do too. Well, okay, okay, I take that back. I like Post Miley. I don't like, I don't like Hannah Montana. You know, that was another triggering show when I was younger. What's interesting to think about with Hannah Montana is Hannah Montana is like Miley. It's the same mold of her, but she has to have this like deception to be famous. She's like, I need my, I need to get away my double life. Yeah. What was her? Yeah. Okay. She she had the name Miley Cyrus in the show. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like Miley Stewart. <laughs> I don't know why I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I didn't have all her early albums, David. Oh, I didn't listen to them all the that time. Was before Taylor Swift came into your life? No, it wasn't. Oh. It was at the same time. <laughs> she didn't just like face change. She's like, no, it was not. <laughs> I love it. Shannon, what else? We <sighs> okay, we're getting there. Promise. Um, I did want to talk about, um, there, there's this author I love. His name's Dean Savage. Have you heard of him? Um, by name, I think. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. He writes a lot of queer, um, articles. Um, I 
believe he's written a few books. He's done, I think, a few TV shows. He's a very sex-positive author, mm-hmm. um, willing to explore um, queer material that maybe people still feel is taboo, even though we should really be past that. Uh, but he really just... Um, uh, he He's a really... I I mean, I can't speak for the community as a whole, but I think, you know, his perspective offers a lot. Yeah, um, yeah I think so. And he explained um, b- that back in the late 80s and early 90s, um, the cock ring was a powerful gay fashion statement um, at the time, as well as being a sex toy. And people involved in the gay scene would often wear them stitched to their vests and a zipper pulls. Um, while the strategic placing of the rings on clothing was sometimes used as a way of broadcasting people's sexual preferences to others um, who were in the know. Um, alongside this, they were also worn by many people as part of a necklace. Um, <laughs> you know what I was thinking? I was like, I, like, I can only imagine like going to a gay club back then and then like you're checking out some dude or whatever. And then like, I can't, I can't tell where the ring's at. Like, he has too many tassels. <laughs> like I can't see the ring. <laughs> There's too many zippers. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh uh, Lord. Uh, he, he just comes up to you and you're like. I don't think you're my type. <laughs> Cold feet. Cold feet. Oh, Lord. Lord. Uh, I don't think I put it in here, but I read that um, uh, queer women would also sometimes just wear them as a necklace to just yeah. kind of signal that they were gay oh, or queer. Nice. Um, but yeah. Like with the earring that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, right? exactly. yeah, exactly. Um, so Dan Savage points out what the little girls who, you know, were surveyed by Mattel and what they were telling them was cool. Wasn't just like what the kids' parents were wearing, um, unless they had, you know, hip queer, queer relatives, your gay uncle or cousin, Mm -hmm. brother, (laughs) um, but yeah, so they were, they were telling these Mattel executives about, um, again, Madonna's backup dancers, things they were seeing in her concerts, music videos, movies. Um, and, you know, what they were seeing was cool and what looked fun. I mean, at the end of the day, it's people who are being themselves, right? It's gay activists. It's people who are liberating themselves for perhaps the first time in their life. Um people who you know want to buy a magic earring kindle and put it on their fireplace mantle why not um but yeah i just i think you know the fact that all of these people really recognize this speaks to how they, it, it does kind of go back to what you were saying about black exploitation films where um, time and time again, we see white people appropriate culture. And there are some things like I personally don't think should be appropriated at all. Mm-hmm. And then there are other things where I think it comes down to intent. And, you know, Dan Savage points out like the public, they hadn't been as accepting as we are today of queerness, but they like, hailed the aesthetic it was the epitome of cool 
And then at the same time, so we have Earring Magic Kin, who's the epitome of cool. And then he gets taken off shelves, which just goes back to what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because they're... If there's not an intent behind that reason, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I've never heard of anything have an intent, you know? Yeah. Um, that's a deliberate decision, especially. Like, you would think it being the highest, highest selling Ken doll, you were seeing these numbers. Exactly. And you still decided to pull it. Like, oh my gosh, it's like making us so much money. I don't know if it was like, because Barbie was the big thing. Like, I don't know if it was like price differently than the Barbie or whatever, but it's still... at the time, it was like $11. Yeah, so it's like... Maybe give or take, depending what state you're in. Mm Mm-hmm. Texas. Um, But yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that is a deliberate decision. Like, if you were thinking about your stockholder, or, well, they're thinking more about the brand image that Mattel itself or Barbie had in general, like, trying to protect that. Yeah, back in the '90s, so to speak, because you put it here, the general public was full of disdain for queerness. Exactly. But, yeah, they were giving that. That was the cool thing: going to the raves, going to the, exactly. the clubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like a lot of that disdain often comes from people who feel like they can't live their truth or live their life. And I don't mean that as like, they feel like they're trapped in a closet, but people who like are into grunge, but feel like they have to, you know, be like a church boy every Sunday, you know, or like people who, I don't know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like there are people who want to live a truth and they get jealous when yeah. they see people who are able to do what they can. That's what I was thinking. Like, I guess the general public thinking that, or these kids, I guess in these kids' eyes, they're like, oh, or excuse me, we have research. They had researchers or whatever, like research it or, you know, the, what kids thought were cool. Yeah. Uh, and a kid looking at, they don't know straight. They don't know if they're gay. They don't, you know, they don't know. Um, but you see somebody living their best life and being who they truly are and that they're happy about it. Yeah. But that person looks a little cool. Like they're doing what they want. Like, yeah. So that's what you want to emulate. That's the doll you want to buy. Yeah. I think I definitely get where Dan Savage is going with that. Exactly. train. Exactly. Um, so these next few closing thoughts here um, really just precisely go back to what you were speaking to earlier with the concept of rebranding. So um, Mattel has always staunchly denied that the doll um, was ever intended to have any association with queer culture. Um but we know that queer culture was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, it's been difficult for some queer theorists, cultural critics, um, and even um, Barbie collectors to believe that no one at Mattel ever had any idea that Magic Earring Kin or Earring Magic Kin or Cockring Magic Kin, oh my God, whatever mm. you want to call him, <laughs> might be taken for gay. Mm -hmm. um like and that's i think exactly what you were saying earlier like how could no one at mattel not have any idea about this right um 
Some have gone so far as to suggest that Mattel was simply trying again to capitalize on the spending power as what had been dubbed at the time as the newest minority. Just another market they can fill. And you know what's interesting, too? Um, Do you ever watch Dave Chappelle? On occasion. Have you watched his newest comedy special? I have not. I heard there was a whole hubbub about it. And there is. And there were some parts where I just, I, I can always see what he's trying to do, but I just, I didn't think it landed. And I did think it was relatively disrespectful, but I think a lot of people are pointing at that because he says something that is so incredibly true he says gay white gay people are a minority until they need to be white Hmm. yeah Hmm. oh oh that's deep that's a deep one and i i think for me growing up like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie i i've seen this and i've seen it because um, my mom, Sharon, is white, and she, she'll she be the first to tell you that she's um, socially liberal but fiscally conservative. And she gets to say that because she's white. Like, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And I'm sure there's people of all color who could agree with that. But I think it's easy to say that when you've been in a position of privilege and you've had certain opportunities afforded to you in life that you know that people of color haven't. And I think, Mm. um, you know, recognizing that as something that's formed my belief that, you know, I need to give back to my community. I want there to be, you know, universal health care. I want there to be, um, you know, I don't know what else, but I just know that like, for me, it's about giving back, not about like what I can take anymore. Hmm. Wow. That's powerful. Uh, huh. Dave Chappelle, I'll have to check that out. I'm not. So, I mean, hate on Dave Chappelle all you want, but I would just ask, you know, anybody to really sit with that and think about it and i i just right. really thought that was a valid point that he made um yeah and, and it's, it's nice getting different povs like that i really like i really wish we could have like a, a fucking 60 minutes about this like yeah. it would be awesome to have like a i don't know oh got the idea of putting it in the little bank i'm gonna make a, i'm gonna make a kendall documentary and i I do say, and I'm sorry if it's controversial, I do agree with what Dave Chappelle said, but what's interesting here about Earring Magic Ken Mm -hmm. is that, you know, Black Barbie dolls stayed on the shelves. It was Earring Magic Ken who was pulled. Um, Oh, that's a good motherfucking point. And I don't want to say that that is a plot hole in Dave Chappelle's theory, but it's (laughs) interesting when looking back on the perspective of the time to think about how you know it's not like they put the black barbie doll out there and it got ripped from shelves exactly yeah. I, I but i mean i'm sure they got pushback right oh yeah i'm sure and so that's what's weird here too right is like 
they're not even really getting pushback. They're just being told he's gay. <laughs> then everybody freaking out about it. Oh my god! And they're into it. They're buying it, right? Like, yeah. It, and you know, you yeah. said on some episode, it, the Office has a, a funny episode about it where uh, Toby buys the uh, the Barbie, like some new Barbie doll. It was like a Christmas episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like he buys the Barbie doll from uh, Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like the, the black, black Barbie, Barbie doll. doll, and he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, damn, yeah. I I thought about that earlier I was today. I was about like, that oh my goodness, a lot today. Uh, um, but yeah. Anyways, I I wanted to throw that out there, and then I just wanted to wrap up with the idea that at the end of the day, um, our regular Prince Charming Ken and Airing Magic Ken still came from the same mold. Yeah. Wait, Airing Magic Ken and who? Just our regular Prince Charming Ken, you know, regular looking. That is true. That is true. Wow. Damn, Shannon. They ever have a black um, Kindle? I hope so. By now, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think I was reading into it earlier. We had the redhead. That is, I fucking... don't know. And if he yeah. exists, I don't know his name off the top of my head. I know the. Uh... Oh, shit, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think, but I can't. I can't. Too many names. Too many Barbies. <laughs> Too many Kindles. Do we want to do conspiracy corner first? Or Kin- conspiracy first? corner. Conspiracy. <laughs> yes. Yes. McKendall. <laughs> Lisa McKendall. You're the orchestrator of this all. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Okay. Yeah. Conspiracy corner. Here we go. Conspiracy corner. So. Hey, me. Earring Magic Ken wasn't Ken's last brush with queerness, David. Wait, what was that? <laughs> when Barbie and Ken broke up in 2004, many fans joked Barbie's former boyfriend had come out of the closet. Not to mention the Ken doll featured in Toy Story, the Toy Story movies, especially Toy Story 3, which we were watching clips from earlier today. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, he is outrageously queer-coded, as we saw. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Allegedly, he's set over heels for Barbie, but I think really he just loves talking about clothes with Barbie, which is totally fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean... He just wants somebody to be around, or like, share the same interests. Who gets him? Yeah. Barbie gets him. Mm-hmm. Buzz isn't going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I so mean... I can- and that's the thing too right like even regular ken was wearing like satin suits and glitter tuxedos that was the whole like we watched a little yeah like you said we watched a little bit of it and barbie like turns on his ass because they're trying to get out of the daycare yeah and is literally like ripping up his clothes and he's like like that's torture to him yeah yeah like they couldn't have made that more apparent i know and it was kind of crazy rewatching it and seeing that and, and not so noticing it and not it's so <laughs> obvious after like it's like a glass ceiling I once know. you break it it's like oop damn i did not see that shit oh that was That's a child hilarious. yeah it was, i had the innocence of a child yeah well actually i was in i was in high school when toy story 3 came out but I know. I know. I was thinking about that too. Like, I would have been a teenager. How did I not recognize? (laughs) I I think maybe you were. 
did we see it did together? Because the, there was a line. There was like yes, I don't know. I don't I know if there was a line. At that time, like it was just big to go to the movies, like in yeah. 2012. And or I shit think like we, did we go to a midnight showing? Yeah, we did. Okay. Of of that one. And okay. You want to hear a funny story? My if my dad's listening to this, he gets so pissed. Uh-oh. Um, because they got the midnight premiere. Like he had walked back to the car or something, and we hopped in line with with our friends. Watto was there. Um, Maria was there, and we were all going to go watch uh, that. But we didn't let him cut. Like he, he went to the back of the line. David! I know. I know. I was like, what? What do you want me to do? The, the people. Like right behind us, they gave us the fucking stank eye, and I was just like, "Uh, you go with your dad." I know, I know, I should have done it. Sorry, dad. <laughs> or you just let him stand there. I like those people were even gonna say anything. Yeah, bitches. I, sh- I did. I should have said something. Oh also, gosh. that was probably back before like your tickets had assigned seats. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I just there are probably people listening who don't know about those days. Oh yeah, when there wasn't assigned seats to the theater, you just had to go sit. You had to get there early so that you didn't have to sit in the front row. Yes, yes, that is true. That is true. You can't reserve your seats anymore. You had to go like fifteen minutes early. Yeah, well, at least, at least, at least. And then you were like running behind. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I will always run. I've always run behind. Exactly. Yeah, especially so. now. I'm yeah. like, although I do like previews. Anyways. Same, same. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really enjoy. I enjoy Toy Story 3. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Ken. Conspiracy Corner. Conspiracy Corner. The end. <laughs> So what are your takeaways, David? Um, you know, I was thinking about this the whole episode. Um, I don't know. It's. Mm, I think I'm going to put out there like the, cause I think I mentioned it in the Jackie Brown episode about the black, black exploitation. Depending on the sequence of events that I have in my mind, it's just even it, pre pre the queer community picking up on this and really like engaging with it and promoting it so to speak um afterwards after it was released seeing seeing the profits and then cutting it off and all this like media i'm putting storm in quotes here because yeah it just it's a different pov like this yeah and the queer community i'm sure this was fucking like i'm sure everybody was talking about fucking it's like, uh, like lightning yeah yeah exactly like <laughs> we are getting we're like coordinating we're going to walmart so we're it's like black friday like we're going to fuck it up we are getting all of the magic earring kid dolls sorry kids like i can just see a few minutes just like just like pushing some kid out of the way to, to go and get this or whatever those earrings that came with the doll had to become like a club staple like oh you're not i bet you they did oh my goodness it was it, like it says it was like the best-selling ken doll or whatever yeah. um I think I think you're onto something, Shannon. I think you're onto something. I'm sure that was around the club. They were like, Ooh. conversation starter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh shit. But yeah, yeah. No, that just that after after that happening, after those six weeks that it was released, or I I'm just quoting that podcast that I yeah read earlier. I'm not sure exactly how long it it went for, but um. 
yeah, after seeing just all this media coverage and all that, it really shows the moral of companies. And like an example of like Jackie Brown, it shows how the it shows the morals of Hollywood. Yeah. And in this case, it's a toy company, which is really fucking weird that we yeah. were talking about. Um, but it's just the circumstance of of the different, I don't know, twists and turns. Yeah. If you want to consider that a pun, <laughs> uh, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> but uh, did you know Ken back in the day didn't have elbows? I like think I was he was like just like a stick man. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. <laughs> I watched a video of it. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, anyway, Shannon, what about you? What's your takeaway? You know, I think like before this episode, I hadn't really thought about how. There's like, and and it's not just with Barbies, but there's often like this mold, right? There's this original mold that you have and you create and I get it. Like I get like you have this already. Why are you going to create something new? But it's like, how, how are we going to teach kids diversity if you're using the same mold? Mm. And I think... What we have to teach kids is that they have to break it. And it's, you know, it should have been on us to do it for them. But there's a lot of molds that still need breaking. And, you know, I think at this point we just have to show them we're here to support them and breaking up. Right. Yeah. Nowadays, I think it's, I mean, I was listening to NPR a lot today. So it was like a lot about teachers are getting upset about race theory, like being done school, like not different ways to teach race in schools yeah and this is a bad example of it but like just giving kids the freedom to learn new you said it really well in a previous episode just like being informed in some way i can't remember which episode it was like educating yourself anyway anyway i think that might have been in the deer episode because there yeah, there's a lot of like ownership that comes with your education and i think if you're a kid experiencing any kind of like popular media it should be important to you to learn about the history of of what a culture has become and what it's turned into and why our zeitgeist is the way it is right it's like representation like you exactly want to see yourself and you know it's a topic in movies all the time like representation um you know in each community not just you know the queer community but um, girls people of color Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um yeah always seeing that and makes kids happy you know if yeah yeah magic airing kin made this kid happy I'm sure Talkering. some kid got Talkering that magic. magic. I'm sure magic. some kid got magic earring king and then had a fucking blast, yo. Like, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They didn't even think about it. Have, do you remember Curb Your Enthusiasm and that little boy? 
who like wants a sewing kit or something um no i can't say oh my god it's like the funniest thing and this kid's like adorable i could just totally see him getting a ken doll and being like or a magic earring ken doll and being like oh my god Uh, (laughs) that's fun that's fun you need to watch that yeah i actually watched an episode of uh curvy did you watch the new one yeah i did it was funny it It was good i recommend that right now Mm -hmm. friends and fans yeah friends and fans Jen, anyways yeah let's wrap it up that was a good conversation you it think? really was yeah i think I, it was, we, we talked about a lot of different things that i didn't think we were going to talk about me too and and i mean my thoughts are racing and if you're pissed at me for referring to dave Chappelle, let me know i deserve it probably but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we want to hear more feedback yeah, yeah. a way of we'll seeing is a way of not seeing so change my mind yeah exactly dave Chappelle had that different pov here yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So uh for everyone listening, um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Into the Zeitgeist. Um definitely go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash WDM1. That's where you can support us in our endeavors and talking about different toys and short stories and, and things like that. Oh, we're gonna I added a lot of a lot of like uh, good like you were talking about Easy Bake Oven earlier. Yeah. I'm like, I added a lot of good ones. We have some lately. good yeah. ideas. In the, in the old, we had some good ideas in the old pipeline, as, the they, as they would say in the biz. In the biz. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, I need to watch Shark Tank so I can oh. keep up with David over oh, there. Oh, right. Oh, Lord. You better watch out, Shannon. We're going to be doing some MLMs. <laughs> <laughs> some APAs. <laughs> oh, that's MLA. You said APAs. What did you say? I said MLM, like a multi-level oh. marketing, but, you know, APA. APA, MPA. Chicago style. Yeah, Chicago Tribune. <laughs> I don't know where this has gone. Oh, hold on. Before we close, something that just came back to my mind, and I feel like I need to mention it because it just, it was pertinent. I was listening to NPR today a lot, like I said, and... There was a story about you said chi- Chicago, and it reminded me of it because uh, apparently the Chicago Tribune is now like funded by this investment company that has been has bought like out of all of the newspapers, like forty percent of all of the newspapers, and they've turned them into this like money making machine. And a lot of people, like NPR, was concerned about them like influencing influence in the news because this dude who's the like and head investor or whatever like he supported donald trump back then david but i hate to interrupt you but i don't know a single person who buys newspapers well like online print (laughs) (laughs) online definitely i mean i read news all the time you read news all the time shannon it's just oh my god oh my god i just don't see but i was just i was thinking like uh like the dude, his morals yeah. were not good, and it's, oh, yeah, it, it brings in it brings in like with Mattel and their morals. It's like oh, weird. Yeah, I mean, he was he's steering the company, the you know different newspapers companies that he's bought, um, like steering them into profit capitalism rather than into journalistic integrity. 
Sure. So, and then it, it made me think of, of the I morals mean, of, of Mattel and if they, you know. Well, at the end of the day, it's it's going to come down to the morals of capitalism, which at the end of the day aren't really morals. <laughs> um, it's it's just about. It's a pillar. It's, yeah, it's a it's pillar. Cold. It's where it's money is what you worship. And yeah. um I mean, you can look at this through a lot of dif- different lenses, through a lot of different facets. But I mean, think about um, Harvey Weinstein. Um, I'm trying to think of like music producers who you know have taken advantage of musicians. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's his face? Uh, the guy who screwed over Taylor Swift. Um, I, I don't even, I can't remember. Scooter Brom or whatever. That's a lame name. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's, you see this in every facet and you see people rebrand when they've appropriated a culture that they then realize is experiencing disdain from some other culture like it's Hmm. it's not about the intent to represent it's about the intent to sell Hmm. i'm trying to think of any like modern examples but it's not coming to mind i think we'll save it for the next episode but a modern example yeah oh i mean can you think of any magazines books anything like toys specifically or not not even toys but like just how i don't know i don't know where like you can tell that they're just in it for for the money i mean or like or just showing their morals like in something that they've done like recalled something um yeah i know i can't think of anything off the top of my head but i know it exists yeah well, maybe if anything comes to mind, we'll definitely mention on it again. The show. Or we may put it on Facebook or Instagram. Hell where yeah. you should follow us. Because that's where you'll get new episode alerts. Uh, also, like, rate, and review our podcast. Uh, we would definitely appreciate it. Subscribe to it. And yeah. then you won't miss episodes either. Oh, yeah. You can check out the Rocky Horror one we just did. Or the Reflections one we just did. Uh, they're good times. They are good times. <laughs> we just, I can't believe we got done with one wave and we're starting another. Oh my goodness. I know. It's wild. Look at us. Look at us. Second wave. <laughs> we're the, we're both like exhausted. <laughs> to invade, so to speak. I was thinking of like aliens, like the second wave or what is it called? The fifth wave or something? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, on that note, I think we're ready to head out of here. I've got to go dig out my old Polly Pockets. Oh, God. <laughs> what was I going to say earlier? That's what I was going to, I was going to uh, mention some pun about. I got to go. I don't know. <laughs> I need to go. I need to go to Claire's. I need to give me some earrings. <laughs> we need to go find David some clip-on earrings. Right? Yeah, exactly. No, Shannon, we are piercing them. See you at the rave. <laughs> rave. Bye. I gotta go rave. Bye, everybody. <laughs>
the Zeitgeist is a bi-weekly podcast recorded in the DFW, Austin, and San Antonio areas in the state of Texas. The podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, David Lonnie Waters. My co-host and researcher for the show is Shannon Boffman. As you know, all of our shows are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash WDM1. The following names are at the producer support level or higher on Patreon, and for that, we're stoked for your sponsorship. Lone Star Aeronautics and Sharon.